Hello and welcome to the Pink Bike Podcast. This week we are talking about the best and worst bikes from this year's Enduro Field Test. Now before we get into it and explaining the premise for this podcast, Kaz, where are we and what have we been doing? We're in Whistler. I think this sign says something about go to Whistler maybe. I can't see it, but I imagine it says go to, go to Whistler. Mountain. And that's where we've been for the last couple of weeks testing bikes, Enduro-ish bikes. And we've got eight bikes, a very, very varied crop of them. And I'm sorry, I've got some Chad Kroger tabs open on my laptop. I, I have to close them no more. <laughs> to get the list. Dario, what kind of trails have we been riding? The Trek Slash, Nukeproof Giga, Ibis HD6, Commonsal Meta SX, Uno Burn, Pole Oni, Cromag Lowdown, and Nikolai Nucleon Supre On. On a wide variety of the finest trails in the Whistler Valley, mostly the bike park uh, with some pedaling thrown in. I think it's important to distinguish. I don't think this is, I think when people think of bike park, it's not necessarily indicative of the trails mm, that we've Yeah, I think, on. yeah, not just like big smooth jumps, like a lot of roots, rock slabs, some dirt, some good high speed corners and good low speed corners. If anyone here is thinking about coming to Creekside to ride these trails for yourself, don't come. Go stand in a line in the village because I like it nice and quiet here. <laughs> well, the chairlift's closed in the village. It's going to be in the line well, for a yeah. long time. <laughs> <Right>. Next <laughs> summer, hey. <laughs> Get in there early, folks. Um, Matt, in terms of we've done some field tests in different locations over the time, how has Whistler Creekside stacked up as a testing location to your mind? Oh, I mean, the trails on the Creekside zone, I think, are more indicative to enduro bikes i would say they're a little yeah. tighter they're a little more technical you know sort of feel like the the bike parky stuff is there if you want it but yeah there's a there's a wide variety over here uh, a little slower speed for those bikes so it's been a treat to like use the lift to access trails that you would i would say normally pedal to mm-hmm. the same style you're not just like mm-hmm. hitting high speed berms that you'd find on a line or something like that and let's not forget this is where they've had ews's where they have the crankworks enduro these aren't necessarily just not bike park trails but some of them are very much racetracks yeah. and should hopefully bring out the strength and weaknesses of these enduro bikes so what we're going to do this time around as it's sort of like a halfway house between a round table and a podcast where we get in arguments with each other and say nasty things we have to edit out. Um, we're each going to basically put our bikes in a list of preference of the likelihood that we would recommend to one of our friends to buy. So this isn't necessarily which one is, you know, I don't know, the bike that we think is the all out best or because, you know, different things. We'll, we'll get into the, the reasoning, I'm sure. But literally, starting from number eight, which is the least likely we'd recommend to somebody that we like <laughs> to buy. So we're going to start with Mike. What's your number eight, your least likely to recommend? It's going to have to be the Nikolai Nucleon Super 16. Okay, so why would that be so low down on your list? There's a lot of reasons. I mean, they tried hard and it's, I don't know. It's hard because this is the bike that the internet is getting very excited about. Yeah, it's, but it's perhaps not as simple as a side profile shot would suggest. No, exactly. I mean, I think one thing not to recommend it to someone, it's very heavy. Like even if these are enduro bikes and Berlin enduro bikes, this one's 40 pounds. So not something you're going to want to pedal very often compared to, I don't know, it's just on the heavier side. So that's one thing. Then there's added complication of not only the 
the idler system, which actually was very quiet and much actually a lot quieter than the Trek slash, but does have that, um, the law drivetrain, which worked well, but it didn't really work any better. I would say than say it's Shimano XT or, um, you know, SRAM's transmission or cable actuated drivetrains. And then, so there's two reasons. I mean, also it's, it doesn't pedal that well in general. Like it's, it's very, it's great at sucking up big bumps and big hits. And if you're just going to plow through stuff, it's excellent. Probably the best one out of these eight mm. bikes. If you want to just go straight down something plowing, but for people that want a more engaging ride. Um, yeah. I mean, just the climbing was not very good, mm. but just to touch upon that normally the idler basically takes up the chain growth above the stay and then the derailleur does so beneath yeah. but without a derailleur this system it feels to me like a high pivot and then some the level of decoupling is quite exceptional and the way it tracks is really, really remarkable i think also it's important to touch upon that when it comes to recommending bikes spare parts might not necessarily be that easy to source dario you sometimes i think you've got a bit i think it's fair to say a bit of a soft spot for some of maybe the smaller manufacturers for yeah for sure and i think we all really well i mean i can only speak for myself but i really give cedric and the team a lot of credit for thinking outside the box i've got a lot of respect for the endeavor mm -hmm. but where would well what did you think of the nikolai for starters and then we'll come into your list in a moment uh this was also my number eight. Oh, it was like, number eight yeah yeah i think it's a very compelling design like it's like they, they really achieved like the extreme of what they were looking to do i think you know it's all packaged impressively well it's pretty quiet but it's a super quiet bike uh i like the pink color a lot you know that counts for something uh and it does mow over bumps really well but yeah when it comes to like full all-around ownership it's just not the kind of thing i could see myself having in my garage and wanting to like pull out frequently but I'd want to shuttle on it, but it has like this unusual drivetrain that's meant for pedaling. Well, yeah. And also do you think that there are elements there that Nikolai do really cool kooky stuff and they're kind of beholden to no one. They do what they want. Do yeah. you think that in some ways this drivetrain might be a little bit less of an intimidating prospect? Mm, for on, that owner? Well, on a different, if, if this was on a say, I don't know, a specialized, oh. it might not be so out there. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Like if it were on a more uh, typical functioning bike. That, that said, like the, the in order for the Super A drivetrain to work, it has to be a high pivot bike. Yeah. Because of the way that it's run, it like has to have a higher pivot. That's so it has true. to have an idler. Yeah. But like say like a Forbidden Druid, like something a little snappier feeling like might benefit it. But I'm not really sure. I mean, mm -hmm. we'd have to ride it on that and see. But um, no, I... I I don't know. And I tried it with like different spring weights and like tried to make it feel like a little livelier bike, but ultimately it's just like a big sticky. Mm. Sticky is the word. I loved the way this thing tracked. I mean, on steep shoots, especially rough battered shoots, when you're getting on the brakes, I thought it was a force to be reckoned with. Sadly, well, I mean, maybe you do. Maybe that's all you ride, in which case it's a fantastic bike. But when we look at the whole package, it would be... Mm. I think it would be would be particularly even-handed to say <laughs> it's a, yeah. it takes that level of performance everywhere. I think the Onyx Hub didn't do it any favors either. The Onyx Hub, when you're it's, it helps it be quiet, but when you're when you're climbing, when you're in the easiest gear, you can feel that movement. It almost feels like you have an oval chainring. Yes, it's just super kind of it's just kind of wah wah wah, and then you combine that with the extra movement. It's just a whole big kind of yeah, mess yeah. of a bike you're trying to get up the hill. I mean, it's I like bikes that climb well, and I can overlook some things if it 
if it's balanced out by downhill performance, but in this case, it was the climbing performance. I I thought it was horrible. Yeah, no, like that's, that's fair. I mean, I, yeah. yeah, but it also had you know the Onyx Hub is one interesting part. There were other little kind of hmm bits and pieces. It sounds stupid, but just like the very strange saddle. Little things like this made it really pushed it yeah. to being not yeah. just I mean, an unconventional system, yeah. but every, all the accoutrements of the system were unconventional as well. And they kind of all do lead in a Yeah, a I don't direction. think the saddle affected my opinion of the no, bike. I, I, I just no. covered it when people were looking at me because it was a little embarrassing. But like, mm. yeah, it's hard to be on the fine, like, with the thing with like yeah. the, the pronged nose. Yeah, but that's a switch. I mean, I think that's Cedric's oh, no, thing yeah. that he likes and that's it's fine. It's, I mean, I don't like how it looks, but it is comfy. It's fine. But climbing wise, it just, I didn't really like how it climbed at all. So Matt, this bike, really offers something or there might not be enough of that one thing to justify its other sort of blind spots where did you have it in your list i put it as number seven. Oh, number seven yes so what was your number eight number eight would be the pole the pole okay mm. cool now yes. can you explain so we can just kind of finish off on on the nikolai before going on to the pole because i think that's a really nice place to lead it's still relatively low, so it's only the second mm -hmm. most likely to be recommended by you. What were your experiences with the bike? With the Nikolai, I did do a bit of climbing. I actually to climb back from Creekside up to the house, which was you know a paved road, but it was definitely sluggish. Um, yeah, the Onyx Hub definitely didn't help. It's uh, climbing performance, you know, kind of had that. It felt like you were getting about a quarter of the crank through to the rear wheel. And almost like you had an oval chain ring, like Mike mentioned, but like clocked totally incorrect. So there was, you know, a, a couple issues there. And sorry, um, just just to explain to the viewer, I mean, am I right in saying that's a one-way roller bearing or something similar in that Onyx it's, Hub? It's, yeah, it's a sprag it's clutch, a so okay. it like has a soft catch, is how they describe it. But it, when there's that much chain in the system, it feels like you're pedaling like a spongy well, hub. It feels like there's an increased resistance, less in resistance than increased resistance again, to me at least mm -hmm. between two and four o'clock. It felt like you it's wasn't weird. really doing much. Hey, mm -hmm. but sorry Matt, as, as you were saying. Uh, yeah. So that was the climbing it was definitely sluggish. You know, it's also a huge bike. Like the wheelbase was the longest, uh, it was the heaviest bike contest. Um, but descending wise, it felt like you could just kind of pick where you wanted to arc your turn. And no matter what the terrain that was there in front of you, it just plowed through it and I thought that was pretty impressive, but you know, unless you're riding a chairlift all the time, like Dario mentioned, you know, what is the benefit yeah. of that drivetrain? Um, so it was quite an interesting bike and yeah, I do applaud Cedric for what he did. He's done mm -hmm. yeah. and his team, uh, and Nikolai for, you know, building this bike. It is, yeah. and it is something different and it's, it yeah. is really unique. And I think there are people, I can leave a couple people, some of my close friends that, break derailers and other things pretty frequently and they really like high pivot bikes and they ride in places where you know they shuttle to the top and then they do a couple little meandery pedals in between downhills mm -hmm. and you almost need a downhill bike but you still need to pedal and yeah, this could be, be a yeah. bike for them maybe yeah i think it's definitely not to my mind at least a race bike is definitely no, that no, sort no, of bike this thing is yeah. it's kind no. of exhausting lethargic to ride i felt yeah. that i find that sometimes with these high pivot bikes you can get it where on the brakes, the bike's very happy to go into the stroke, which initially feels really good. But then somewhere in the stroke, it feels like it hits an inflection point as you're hitting a bit of support. And then you get some weird mass transfer that I felt was quite inconsistent. I thought it was a comfortable place to be. I thought some elements of the geometry were, were quite good. Um, but yeah, definitely not a race bike. It is quite 
energy sapping to ride. Yeah. I had like a pretty regular little out of the park loop that I would do. You like pedal for a while, descend for longer, and the pedaling was hard, and the descending was also more tiring. Mm. Just because in anything that's not super steep, pumping for speed and like trying to pedal through kind of meandery traversing sections just becomes like ponderous. Well, that also feels like it'd be a good e-bike. Like if this yeah. thing, if you had this with an e-bike and you wouldn't mind the climbs as much and you'd get there quick. Truck. And, yeah. yeah, and then you just Mile motor. And like, yeah. So I think we did talk about that maybe amongst ourselves was like, it's a really great bike in the sense that it carries speed well when you're not trying to make any body movements to like mm. pick up speed. But if you're just letting it haul, it tracks and, and carries speed well. It's mm. when you're trying to generate speed. Yeah. It really just sucks the life out of you. Well, in some ways, it is the polar opposite to what you had Oh, it's number eight on the list. Oh, the, which, uh, polar the polar opposite. Yeah. Oh, oh, what <laughs> did you remember? Clever. Seven, shit me. Um, the, the, the pole was on a, it was fatiguing, but for completely different reasons. It, you couldn't mm. say that this thing wasn't reactive to your inputs, no. but the amount of feedback felt like it was a problem. Could you talk us through your reasoning why the pole on a would be the least likely you'd recommend? It was absolutely exhausting to ride one uh because of the feedback you felt through the frame so like the vibrations and chatter side to side and cross so, braking bumps and know, can you just corners. go into why this i mean it's just another it's just another alloy frame like another yeah. aluminium frame can you explain why this frame might might cause something like that well i guess that would be due to like the big box sections of cnc aluminum as opposed to like a round tube which is you know, it depends on how they've engineered this to do flex and bend, but like to everybody's findings here, it was, you know, very, stiff very stiff. It was very stiff. And sent a lot of feedback through to your hands, your feet, and just. But isn't that what we want? Isn't stiffness a performance metric? Guys, you've tested bikes, and over this last 10 years, <laughs> 20 years. I don't think I've ever said the stiffest bike ever no, is the best. I, I don't think you have, but I think the industry's been like, this is 10% stiffer, this is 15% mm, yeah. stiffer. Can but you they, explain the relationship between stiffness and performance? Like stiffness can give you a nice direct feel. It can make it feel, you know, that feeling of precision or the almost a racy feel in some cases. But then there is, there's a point of diminishing return where it just starts beating you up, especially if you're riding on rougher tracks, which enduro tracks tend to be pretty rough. Or even trying to corner. There's some other geometry aspects of this bike that were difficult, the high bottom bracket. But the the stiffness, like stiffness, um, when you try to load up a bike into a corner, you're not usually noticing it flex necessarily. But with this one, you just didn't even feel. It was just like it's an unbendable object, so it yeah. wants to go straight. <laughs> and so when you do have to, you you can corner on it, obviously, but it's a lot more effort. And sometimes it wants to step up and out of the corners. It just mm -hmm. felt it felt ex extra sketchy in the like high speed bermed corners as well, where like you're kind of fighting for initial grip. It just, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I, I really disliked riding that as well. Yeah, there was like the stiffness of the frame, the stiffness of the suspension. It didn't really want to break into that initial right. supple part of the stroke, the first 30% or so. Um, and then, yeah, the, the added noise was obviously like, you know, uh, a, f a feedback thing that you feel and hear like you're not riding something that's quiet and smooth. It kind of, adds to the chaos as you're riding through the bike park. And then of course, also adding to that, like sort of imbalance or wariness through these fast, rough corners was the high bottom bracket. And mm -hmm. just all of that added up to like a bike that was 
pretty perplexing to corner with. And in high bottom bracket, we mean like it has like a zero mil drop. It's a extremely high. Yeah, I mean, it gets a bit, yeah, complicated because we've got different wheel sizes, right. et cetera. Um, I mean, you, you, we, we spoke about this bike a lot, Matt, and oftentimes with these testing, we, we do a lot of laps on these bikes, but we kind of, we source the information about setup and stuff. We, we do kind of compare notes a lot and, and try and understand normally after we've ridden them, of mm. course. Because right, you liked it initially. I mean, I, I still like it. I think mm. that it's, um, I mean, I was going to say, you know, Matt, you told me you're having all these harsh bottoms out and it wasn't like I was disbelieving. But when we were riding together and I could hear it, <laughs> that's when I was like, oh, what do you know? <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I found, I mean, you know, all different dimensions, different weights. We have different settings, et cetera, et cetera. I can agree with a lot of what you're saying. I, t the suspension was personally to my taste, but I think you demand a great deal, many more things from a bicycle than me in terms of, in terms of suspension setup. Um, I did like some aspects of the geometry to run through. I didn't necessarily like the high bottom bracket. Um, and for me, this wouldn't be my least. Hmm. I think it is a bit too stiff, um, but I, and it's not as, it's not as extreme as perhaps poles have been in the past. Um, but I like its adaptability. I like, I quite liked in the turns. I liked how stiff it was. I wouldn't necessarily say I'd like that all the time. And definitely it was rough and it was fatiguing. Um, but maybe that's a personal preference. Um, I didn't mind it in the, like, this isn't my least favorite, obviously, because we already mm. did that, but I had this as my sixth, it's sixth on my list. Okay. And so I liked it in the, in tighter, rougher bits. I felt like the positioning for me was pretty good. And it did have that kind of like racy feel when you're, you could handle the rougher stuff up to a certain point. It's kind of almost on like the higher, like we were saying, the higher speed stuff is where you can notice mm. it the most. But if you're kind of yeah. on a steep, chunky downhill, I did feel like I had a, it's pretty fun bike to ride mm. in those instances. And it, yeah, it just felt more like, I don't know, not purpose built, but it had its its area or its lane where it did well was a little bit narrower than some of the other yes, bikes. Absolutely, um, Dario, how, how you kind of I felt that initially you really weren't convinced by the pole, and then you maybe softened, but ultimately weren't that soaked on it in the end. Yeah, so I you can you you can run the pole as a full twenty nine er or as a mixed wheel setup. We really only rode it as a mixed wheel setup. I rode as a 29. I did as well. And it was a lot of weight on the front. It was alive. Yeah, in they don't have a flip chip. Way. You just yeah. put a bigger wheel in a bike that's meant for a smaller <laughs> wheel. It's Ooh. it's a, an absurd way to change wheel sizes. I disagree. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I just mm. think like all of these other brands have conceived like really clever ways to maintain geometry with different wheel sizes. Mm. So you get like the benefit. And I understand your point of like, it's a totally different bike. It's not meant to maintain anything. It's meant to. Yeah, but it rides different. like really bad even worse in the full 29 setup because then you have all your weight on your front and it just feels like stink no, buggy. that's fair i mean it, and it jacks up that bottom bracket even higher yeah and there were lots of things i mean listen I'd, i wouldn't want a 29er bike that was meant for pedaling if it hasn't got a water bottle full stop right it's a weird thing but i like the fact that instead of half a degree here or there it's like listen this isn't going to be a this is going to be a, you're going to feel this yeah <laughs> and it's simple and it's I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not I mean, almost every, there's so many bikes you could do that too, though. Yes, it's true. It's not, but they, most it's companies don't It's usually not a feature. It's a like bug. You can make yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's very true. Like you could pretty much my, do it to any 20. Yeah, yeah as long as there's yeah. room clearance and change. I, I kind of like that. Like if you had a bike that, it, this bike feels like it's meant to serve a lot of things. I, I'm not saying that 29er bike is, is anything special sort of thing. Sure. But if you've got a bike that you want to just slog out big ones most of the year, then you want to do like a big 
pedal or something. Yeah, and that's fine. I think, yeah, my, my like, I agree with Matt on pretty much all the points on this bike. It was my number seven. I moved it from six to seven recently. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, uh, I think it feels like something they designed to be like a full 200 mil travel, like really stiff downhill bike. And then just like took away some of that comfort in travel. And now it just feels like an extremely stiff kind of. Yeah. They took away the cotton. beginning and the end part of the travel. Right. So Cause I, I also had like, <laughs> it, like in the middle, there's like a happy moment where you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, all right, things are working. And then you'd slam into the bottom of travel. And we had, it's worth mentioning that this has a vivid on it with like full HBO cranked. And that still you're just like ramming into the end of the stroke. Hmm. I, yeah it was no, a weird totally. bike I, I really i'll say it i really like the way it looks i think it's cool it does look like futuristic it's almost like yeah. a ray gun or something from like a yeah. 50s 60s I sci-fi it, it, it has a sick profile and part of that is because there's no room in the frame to hold yeah. a water bottle i do think it's a downhill bike it's probably well, it'd be fun to try it that way yeah i mean and leo did even offer to send it with a dual crown fork which i'd we declined this time just because it wouldn't have fit in with these other bikes but yeah it, it's very adaptable and it is basically their you can turn into their downhill bike sort of yeah 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 i mean funky yeah it's it's interesting and you know again um i i I like the i don't know not being afraid to do something different i think that Mm -hmm. you couldn't say it definitely definitely doesn't look like a session you know (laughs) does that um so that's dario matt seven and eight kaz what was your number seven because you went in for six on the pole yes my number seven was the uno i thought that it had a good amount of poppiness it jumps really well um and there's steeper a little bit slower speed rough stuff really nice suspension feel um it's kind of like heels down tall front end i really like that geometry but the fact that you can't run a long travel dropper post that's what kind of ranked it lower down for me it comes with the 150 post and you really couldn't run i could maybe squeeze it in 170 on there and i've got pretty long legs i tried to fit a 200 at one point just to see there's no way it runs in the bottom of the seat too. You've got the legs of Jessica Rabbit. Your legs are like two miles long. <laughs> They're long legs. You know, they always the getting you into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah it has like that took it off. I don't know. Cause I also the three heads at cable routing, which we didn't have issues with, but I'm just opposed to that. Yeah, and just recommending like the, it to somebody. Yeah. It's just, uh, it was noisy too. I mean, part of the noise was because it has the old, their first generation GX axis derailleur, which is super loud. And they combined it with a, um, E13 cassette, which I think is actually louder than it would have been with a SRAM cassette. I just think the way the yeah, chains like sits on there. Off, yeah. So there's a lot of things. That's my list really quickly. <laughs> I'm just thinking of just fun things that happened on this bike over the week. My favorite one. Oh, the handlebar. Okay, there's a lot. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, you can carry on with the handlebars. <laughs> yeah. We didn't mention the integrated handlebars, which I didn't find. I actually got along with the sweep and the like the way they were, but the, wedge, the way they work, it's a wedge system that wedges it against the steer tube. Um, and they slip pretty easily. So if you do crash, or even if you stick your wheel in a hole and twist, we did have- Or like corner hard or- <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a little slippery. We, down a mountain. we cranked it to the right torque. We went a little higher just because it's scary to have your bar slip. They say that they're fine and Angel Suarez no, has no issues, but I don't know, maybe I crashed more than him or something, but they definitely slip pretty easily compared to a normal thing. So there's a lot of, that's why it's my number seven. I think the suspension system would have to be pretty exceptional to justify a bike that negates the benefits of a dropper seat post above 150 mm length. And it simply isn't. I yeah. didn't even think, actually, I thought, if I was honest with you, I thought it was the worst suspension for me. I know others may well disagree. Yeah. I disagree with that. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the worst suspension on test. It was far too progressive for my liking. Um, 
Kaz is shaking his head. Yeah. But well, because I disagree. I have to yeah, make sure it's clear. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. you can absolutely disagree. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, basically, the, I would say, and Kaz, you can shake head or even interject if I'm go off. But, but this is a very progressive system. It's meant to be one of a lot of slack that is sort of meant to thrive on the idea that that initial part of the travel is supple and easy to use before ramping up to give support later in the stroke. I think that's great, cool. But I think travel's there to be used. I felt that it was hard for me to get full travel. So then I would go, so even, even then, basically I had it initially quite soft. So basically I was, what felt like falling through the initial travel, hitting that wall of support, which was very uncomfortable. I went higher pressure, which made it more comfortable. But then basically I was only getting 75 mil stroke out of it. <laughs> well, maybe not that much, but like probably like 100 mil travel, which felt pretty good, pretty okay, but not as supple as the rest of them. I felt it, you could hit a compression and it would move your mass around. And I like the geometry of this bike if we ignore the seat tube. The geometry was great. I think that they like things. nailed that. Yeah, the, the, like the super high stack, stack, long chain stay, yeah. I th- I low think, BB. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a terrifically ugly bike. It's got the Habsburg jaw of bike design. It's just like <laughs> this one should have been nipped in the bud. I think your idea of having the seat tube fold forward is great. Yeah, it if should you be make hinged. it fold. Yeah, hinged. Yeah. It would yeah. fix everything, and then you could just descend and it'd be like a cool, like yeah, a, a long bike. Yeah, um, but yeah. I, I, I would say for me, this is I did not like this bike. This is your number eight. It's. In terms of if it was for me, I'd rather I'd rather have the Nikolai. I liked a lot about the the Uno. Like as I said, the geometry was great. I think the suspension worked really well at providing grip, especially when you're like fluttering in the higher end of the stroke. But then suddenly it would become a profoundly rough bike. Like you'd in like sequential hits, I noticed the same thing where you just kind of like slam into it. Like every part on the bike would make a ton of noise, and then. Yes. You kind of it would get rough. I said it jokingly, but I actually don't even mean it jokingly. You could compare this bike to falling out of a plane in two main acts: the falling and the landing. Neither of which are particularly happy. I don't no, know. Yeah, I, I don't think like, it's that bad. Ow, no, ow, ow, no. Ow. It's just for me, super it wasn't. progressive bikes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like Dario mentioned, like when you're riding down something steep with a bunch of braking bumps and like large holes where you know basically like a whole, an entire wheel could fit. Yeah it's really inconsistent as your weight kind of jostles front and back. You're trying to balance the bike and absorb the bump with your body. But then the wheel is, you know, hitting maybe 30% of the travel and sometimes 90% of the travel. Yeah. And that can feel really nice and soft and then really harsh at the same time. So it's quite inconsistent to like charge down these rough sections on. And where was this bike in your list? What number, what rank did you give it? This would be number six Same on my me. list. Same for both of you? Yep. Yeah, okay, so we're pretty was, even spread so far. We've got some small discrepancies, but... Yeah, even. it was just extremely loud. Like, cable rattle, the bottle rattled against the underside of the top tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, the box kind of moved around a little bit, like the storage compartment top. The storage compartment is well executed, though. It's big. There, was some, there are it's some re- really <sighs> sensible, in my opinion... It is big bike. once you kind of get in there, but like... It's the, hard to... Yeah. Yeah. It's but cavernous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the chain just hit the the rear triangle and like it had a little bit of mastic tape like Kaz pointed out, but it's ultra thin against this hard carbon, obviously. And uh, so it just needs like, yeah, more damping, less progressive suspension and mm-hmm. uh, some usable sort of components or geometry in terms of the seat posts and handlebars. It also feels that, I mean, you know, obviously I've been kind of harsh on it, but it feels that, in comparison to some of these other bikes on test, which maybe we've spoken about, maybe we'll come to. Um, 
comfort and tracking on some of these bikes has been simply extraordinary. And it feels that that has made, you know, back-to-back testing. You go ride yeah. that Nikolai, <laughs> and you, th- you go ride the, um, the Uno, and they're vastly different bikes. Um, I think also there was an element of hitting that, that, le- that level of support, and that rear wheel is not looking too <laughs> sharp right now. It yeah. is burp marks all around, dings, mm. dents. That's the compliance. That's the compliance. <laughs> oh, and no, no ISCG tabs at yeah, all. No, no bash. Yeah, so like yeah. that low BB as it goes through the suspension is pretty susceptible to getting smoked. Um, Dario, mm-hmm. you're, you know, we're kind of all, all fitting on these same bikes. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a bit taller. Yeah. Um, was there anything... How, how did this Uno stack up for you? Did you like it? What were the pitfalls that apart from suspension? The, because of the low BB and the high stack, it fit me pretty well yep. relative to the crop overall. I think the the pole fit me the worst because it's a high BB, kind of a lower stack that relies on a high rise handlebar. And just like the general skittishness of that bike meant that like it felt the least friendly yeah. to someone too and big. And to be fair, it. they wouldn't recommend that size for you probably. Yeah, like that's, that's, that, that was yeah, kind of why I haven't talked about the pole. Yeah, yeah we like, kind of divvied, would, for people listening and watching, we kind of divvied them up for most bikes we fit on, but I'd say the, the yeah. pole was the shortest reach. And so that'd be the, Dario wasn't really the one who, yeah. we knew it wouldn't quite fit him exactly. But I, yeah, like I can feel the suspension on it and like yeah. the chassis, but like I would get the bigger size on that one. Yeah. Um, the Uno, I wouldn't. Like there is a bigger size on that and I'd go with this one. Yeah. It fit me pretty well and it was comfortable. And there are some, I think that, like give credit where it's due, there's so much good geometry in there, but for mm-hmm. me, it was just limited by that seat tube. And that, but hey, um, maybe that's yeah. me um, shitting on, on it enough. Um, Dario, mm-hmm. what was in fifth place for you? I put the Comensol. This is getting hard now, hey. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is now so these bikes now are when we're in like one. I, I was all. just looking at my list and like, Six to five is where I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like yeah. like five, four, three, I'm really torn on. Yep. And they're all really close. I put the Comensal in fifth. I really, really liked riding it. Like I enjoyed the way the suspension felt. I think the chassis is a little flexible, but I kind of enjoyed that in like rougher tracks. It's like it, it holds lines well. It's like good on cambered stuff. Um, I like how active the suspension feels. I think the frame is just like unrefined compared to a lot of the other stuff. Like well, it was. Can you give examples of that? Because there are some things that were, weren't exactly in keeping with this. Essentially, I mean, all these bikes are premium bikes. There's thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. and there's some yeah. things which seemed a bit off. It's it just instantly had a ton of creak. I uh, mean, it was horrific. Eh? Yeah, like not even pedaling. Like if this is the bike pedals really well, but I'd hate to climb it because of the amount of noise it made. Um, I think if you went and like replaced all the bearings with like nicer full complement bearings it might go away but i wouldn't like bet on that necessarily and just um, to clarify these noises are not rattles or like loose objects no, it's like, just this like, is like, like bearings like, munching together when yeah they shouldn't be and it's very disappointing on you imagine spending however i think it's probably about six thousand us dollars getting a brand new bike oh my god this is so exciting riding it like once in something that's quite dusty heaven forbid and it it just sounds, sounds awful. Bad. Yeah. There was also something with the bottle cage. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So Henry like cleverly s- solved the issue with this by zip tying a bottle cage lower on the bike. But the way I think that they share the same front triangle with the Meta Twenty Nine, which is their like enduro race bike, and they've just 
put the holes in the same place as that bike, even though the linkage is different. So on this bike, if you were to run a bottle, your shock would just slam into it. It also doesn't fit underneath the shock anyway. It's just in the wrong place. In so like place. you can put a bottle in it, but you can't actually put a water bottle into that cage. Okay. Unless you get magic zip ties. They yeah, happen to match it, the font. Yeah. They match the font, uh -huh. it's the common size. Yeah. So we just, yeah, you'll, you'll see in all the photos and stuff, we just like zip tied a bottle lower and it works fine. And that seems, it's just a huge oversight. I, like quite terrible, yeah. I mean, at some point, someone there was like, oh, that's an issue and decided to go forward with it. And I think if you're selling a premium product and like expecting people to spend a lot of money on it, like you could just fix that issue. Yes. Um, now let's speak to the geometry, Matt. I mean, to me, this, I think, um, in, to my mind, we've gone through the really big, you know, 490 plus reach for a large. We've gone through the itty bitty rear ends. We've gone through low stack, yada, yada, yada. This to me feels, to be honest, a really nice blend of contemporary geometry. Yep. Yeah. It's quite high. Yeah. It's, I think, 480 reach, longer rear end. It feels, um, to, to my mind, it puts you in a really good position, the sort of like new school riding position. Yeah, it's it, super confident it's feeling. It's got, it's comfortable, and the suspension feeling's great. How, how did you get on? How, what do you think of the geometry? Yeah, geometry-wise, uh, a tall stack. So you're kind of standing in the bike. You, you know, you feel like your hands are up high, you're secure, uh, your weight's balanced front to back very well. But at the same time, you can charge through like fast high-speed corners, but the bike isn't held back by like a super slack head angle, uh, like something on like um, uh, the, even the slash, I guess, is a little bit slacker. And so the commensal felt a little bit more pointy in the right places. Yes. So you could steer through tight stuff, but then at high speeds, you still had that long stable feel. Yeah, I mean, it, so when you have really slack bikes, you know, even sounds a bit stupid, like a generation of bikes, like three years ago, a cycle of bikes, they can often be slacker, which would be feel really, really, really good when going quite fast, but that wasn't always the same case in the slower speed sections. I do feel, Kazmin, to my mind, a higher stack gives you some of the benefits of that security at high speed, but slightly steeper head angle, perhaps, maybe short of reach, can also give you more maneuverability and slow. What would your experience with that be? Yeah, yeah, I ranked the comments all pretty high. It's it's not my first pick, but it's higher up my up my list. Um, but yeah, the geometry is what kind of won me over. It felt super comfortable, and it is that high stack and like where your where your feet are in position in comparison to your hands. It's just that kind of more upright, really similar to that Uno burn. I felt like the geometry wise, the way your descending position was, mm -hmm. just, just felt good. And so, yeah. But the you know, we mentioned the bearings and that. I feel like I could tear it apart and maybe make it better. So that's yeah, why I ranked it I up higher. So. Yeah. But it's not without its issues, I'd say. And um, let's talk about this much famed suspension, similar system that we had on the Tempo in mm -hmm. Freeview. Um, a bike that also had some bearing issues. <laughs> yes. It's almost, it's almost as if, almost as if it's, um, they're using, must be using cheap, I mean, they're very good yeah. bikes, it's gotta come from somewhere, right? Yeah. Or like um, Kaz mentioned, like could be the alignment that they're just wearing out mm -hmm. really quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the suspension then. What were the, could you give a kind of a brief kind of rundown of the characteristics the suspension could offer? Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I felt like it pedaled well. If you're just, when you're climbing, it's got a decent amount of support, but then we hit big stuff, it absorbs it really well too. So it kind of has that mix of um, support for sprinting around, like you can sprint out of corners and push into corners. But then when you do get into rougher stuff, it's a nice muted feel that the bike as a whole just kind of absorbs hits really well, but without using too much travel or too little travel. For yeah, me, I felt like it was yeah, pretty It like rides high in its travel. Mm -hmm. yes throughout the stroke, which I, I really liked, especially at higher speeds. I think like yep. 
on the slowest technical stuff, it felt a little less confident. Like it didn't want to get into its stroke quite as easily as some of the other bikes. Yeah. Our, well, our filmer Max also took a spin on this bike. And uh, like Daryl mentioned, I also feel the same way. The The bike was pretty particular to the sag. And at one time I rode it and it, it felt like quite confident. And then I put a little bit more pressure in for some more support mm-hmm. front to back, like equaled them out, but it still felt like it didn't quite sit as low or, you know, mm-hmm. slack out, slacking out uh, to make it as, as confident for descending. But yeah. yeah, maybe you could speak a little more about that. Yeah, I just, yeah, I felt similarly like sometimes you were right where you wanted to be because you're hitting bumps in the right succession, but it would occasionally stand up higher than I wanted. And I, I kind of like that in a bike, but um, I just think, yeah, as you said, it's, it's a, a fine little more sensitive point. to sag. Yeah. The, the way it manages to keep, you know, active in the middle of the stroke really impressed me. In fact, without getting some lawyers fingering their checkbook somewhere, maybe in Colorado, it hmm. felt not totally dissimilar to something like a Yeti style of system, where it's very active all the way through. Um, I, yeah. To me, I thought this suspension was absolutely fantastic. I thought it broke into its travel easily enough. It did feel I had to get over a little knuckle of support initially. The mid-stroke I thought was very good. And the end stroke is very good. I think it is probably actually underselling it on Commentar's behalf to say this is the park bike because this is comfortable right. enough to be ridden all day. Yeah. I thought it was maybe a shade too flexy for me in some instances, um, but I think very much within in the realms. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I thought it was a bloody good bike actually. Good spec too. Cool. Good spec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks great as anything. well. Comments make great yeah. looking bikes, right? What Dario, you? you're the most fashionable man in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. What, <laughs> did, um, what did you think of it in terms of... When to, what, I think it looks great. Yeah. With, with, with a crop of bikes that's like so hyper-focused on industrial design as like maybe the first thing they thought about and the only thing they thought about in some circumstances. I think the Comensal is like actually just a really good looking bike, has good lines. And great spec, like the handlebars are sensible. This yeah. is the Got Renthal bars, the right 40 mil stem, like, yeah. DT wheels. Good wheels, yeah. yeah. I would run different brakes, but like they worked well. Um, yeah, where'd you rate this? I put this as number five, just you know, okay, in terms of me. maintenance and you longevity too. for the bearings. Yeah. Copying homework. But the spec, yeah. Well, Kaz, what yeah. was your number five? My number five, I need to look. because It's I, getting tight. Hey. It's so tight. And I keep, mm-hmm. let's see, one, two, three. My number five was the Chromag Lowdown, but Ooh. it's, but it, nice. it almost isn't. I don't know. It's, I like that bike a lot. So, yeah. so what's, what's the like about this Chromag Lowdown? It's super comfy. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how we had a bunch of bikes and handlebars and bits that made some bikes extra harsh. This one's not harsh. You could go really fast. I almost want to revise. No, I'm going to keep it here oh, yeah, just def- yeah. because I think the sizing for me, this was a medium large, which would normally be like of my size. I'm five foot 11, um, but it has a 490 reach with a really slack head angle, 63.5. And, um, and, and, and a short stack, stack too. Yeah, low yeah. stack. So it just felt pretty stretched out, especially in like slower speed techie bits. I just kind of felt like my weight was, it was a little bit harder to maneuver. Um, kind of remind me in some ways of a Kona Process X as far as geometry goes. That, it's mm-hmm. another bike where, um, like when I tested, I found that, that those numbers don't quite work for me, but I think I could get on a medium of this, which has around a 470 reach and probably it would move higher up my list. I, yeah. I'm not sure what it would look like because I think the seat tube gets pretty short then. I'd have to figure some things out. It might actually not work for me, but um, yeah, so that's why it's on that spot of my list. But as far as the rest of it goes, I was super impressed with how that suspension worked, the way it muted everything, the speed it carries. Um, it has dual 29 inch wheels. It's the only one on test, but it doesn't feel like it. You don't notice it feeling extra cumbersome or 
as far as, as because of the, mm-hmm. the because of the wheels like the geometry i did notice the longer front end um but it feels well balanced like it's yeah. very impressed with that bike like, i had this way higher on my list but i will concede that like in slow speed tech it feels quite cumbersome at times like matt and i went up to pemberton and rode some really really steep pointy stuff and it was it just felt iffy when you're like super super hard on the brakes yeah. and like the forks packing in and you're already pretty low down on it so it in those circumstances it felt a bit weird but overall i, I thought it was a well yeah. yeah it's a cool bike like it's fun and i don't know i didn't really have any expectations necessarily but it definitely impressed me with how well it it actually rode like yeah so if i remember rightly this has got a sh- slightly shorter rear end one of the shorter rear ends on test but no i think it's it's, it's 440. 440 yeah it's, it's not super short oh maybe it's that maybe it's that long reach thing because i was thinking i remember thinking that this bike actually had a lot of balance yeah when it wasn't too janky or or kind of yeah when you're going fast and you're like not on the brakes balance. too much it, it feels yeah, it'll go. yeah thanks really to that nice. kind of slightly lower stack but then that yeah. could then kind of come back at you when it was almost pulling you forward on something steeper right Matt, what was your experience of this bike? And could you um, just speak a bit to the tracking? This, that, like Kaz, I had no expectations for this bike. I just thought, oh, another rudimentary horse link four bar bike. Um, but this thing blew my friggin' mind. Like I hopped mm-hmm. on it and like two turns out of the Creekside Gondi, you go down the like chattery berm to the whale back. I was like, yeah, we're, we're fucking on. Like yeah. this is, yeah. we're going <laughs> to go fast. <laughs> yeah. So in yeah, a world, we're going to rip some tires off in a world of carbon fiber and high pivots. This was this steel bike. Yeah. Steel 2023. The oh, most on, comfortable. Dude, steel best is tracking. so hot right now. It's almost as if it's almost as if it's a bloody good material to make bikes of. Mm-hmm. This is actually, I'll put my hands up. This is my first time riding a, at least the front triangle, a steel full suspension mountain bike. And I was, um, I was blown away by the tracking on this bike. It was absolutely exceptional. Um, what are the drawbacks of making something out of steel? And were any of those felt in this instance, do you think? Yeah, I think there are a couple drawbacks. It's definitely a little heavier and it just feels a little bit more dense. Like the, the bike for some reason just feels heavier. You don't have, I guess it can be a pro and a con in a sense where you have like something like the pole where you feel every little vibration. This, you don't really feel anything. Feels uh, a bit stoned. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just like, it's a really ideal Whistler bike. It feels like it was born and bred here, which it was, but it's kind of interesting yeah. that it actually feels like it just fits it so perfectly. Like you around yeah. here, you could take it in the bike park, smash laps, and then you can go pedal on some weird stuff. It climbs fine. It's heavy, oh, but the actual like so well. Just, yeah, but it's heavy, yeah. but actually like the way that it does climb is nice. Yeah, like it's true. active enough and it's yeah. that you're in a good position, but yeah. it feels like it's made for this style of riding, you know, somewhere sure. where, you know, we mentioned this mystical land where people have just mellow trails. It might not be as ideal for that, but uh, yeah. for places like here, it'd be ideal. Yeah, I like, I came into the lowdown with some expectations because I'd recently reviewed their shorter travel bike and I, re- I didn't really get along with it that well, but the lowdown was like, it's my number two. So I, I was like, this is a sick bike. Yeah. Like pretty much right my number three. Spoiler, yeah. spoilers. Are we now, spoilers. I mean, how are we supposed yeah, to hear this out? Yeah. 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 Oh my God, they're going to turn yeah. off. Yeah. 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 See you next They're just waiting for mine. Oh, there's more coming. That was your number two, Dario. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It is heavy. I think, you know, for like nitty gritty, if I were recommending it to a friend, I'd like say, I'd recommend that they get better wheels that were like a little stiffer maybe because that's kind of where some of the vagary is coming on it. But yeah, I thought it was a sweet bike. I pedaled it quite a bit and really, I think it maybe was the best pedaling bike contest for me. Like 
I like the bike with a lot of grip. Yeah, I like the Ibis more, but we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I do think yeah. it, it does. For how simple and basic it seems, it definitely rides. A, like I don't even know if you judge it by how you're looking at it, it's going to exceed those expectations. Yeah. So like, don't I judge think, a bike by its cover. Right. And like, is in many ways opposite to that Ibis, but yeah, similar in other ways. I put the Ibis as my number four. But, Mike, as you, you, you behaving so well, I know, so polite. Um, what was next? What was number four on your list? This, this is really Mike. hard. I know this is so hard. Uh, the next one, I've got the nuke proof giga, the nuke proof giga. So, this bike is important to say, isn't the Nukeproof Mega. This is a slightly different variation of Enduro. It's, it's very different. It's bigger. Yeah. Different a Enduros, thousand times better. Thousand times better. <laughs> so Nukeproof, yeah. um, now I actually remember, I was, um, it's actually quite a long time ago now. Right, well, with the, staying with the Nukeproof guys, it would have been, I don't know. And they had a picture up of a CAD drawing and they're very excited. And it looked like the Descent. And it, they were like, no, it's not the Descent, but it's something. I was like, but there's the Mega. They're like, but it's different. And they actually, I believe, used that Descent as a test mule. Which is then, the downhill bike. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, yeah. So they, instead of, you know, trying to add more travel to, the, say, the 150 mil bike until it became a downhill bike, they actually took the downhill bike and dialed it back until it was it's pretty easier cool. to package and live with. Yeah. Um, so this is the mixed wheeled version. It's a, I think it's a great looking bike. Mm-hmm. Kaz, can you just speak to some of the highlights of this bike? Yeah, for me, it fit me really well. It's got like a 475 reach. It does have a slack head angle. It goes with all that travel, low bottom bracket. I found it really easy to ride, especially in kind of rougher, steeper stuff. And that's, I mean, it fits well, The, or it, it works well on the type of trails that I like to ride, especially in Bellingham. I rode a bit in mm-hmm. Bellingham, just some nice steeper stuff. Um, has great great brakes too, um, and it's not super heavy. It's actually one of the lighter bikes I think we had for all mm-hmm. that travel. So it's like if you wanted to have that one one big bike that you pedaled around, which that's one thing I like to do is go on like ride gnarlier trails, but also pedal to them and not shuttle a lot. This would be my pick. Um, we talked a bit about how it does like to ride deeper in its travel, kind of a little bit softer feeling. Um, so it has that for pros or cons, but I think for actual like overall feel for a friendly big bike, that's I really liked it. So. And I would say that for a big bike, this definitely, it's, it's smooth off the top mat. It's, you feel that you, that you have that travel available to you, but that's not to say, hmm, it was the most consistent in how it delivered the travel through the rear suspension. I felt that was quite soft in the mid stroke. Is that something that you felt? Yeah, for sure. So Nuke Proof Giga, I've built one of these for myself uh, as a, like a staff ride, throw some test parts on. So I've become quite well acquainted with this setup and um i have a coil shock on mine and it makes it even softer through the beginning and and mid part of the travel and so i was quite surprised and keen to ride this one a bit more with the float x2 on there and it did have a little bit more support uh just off the top just enough that it didn't really uh kind of wallow too much under your own body weight but anytime you did push into the bike uh, especially while climbing you know, like pumping through rollers or berms like that, it did It did very quickly, like drop into the, you know, 50% range of the yeah. travel. 
Um, Dario, is that something you experienced as well? Yeah, it felt like sometimes your feet would just drop out from under you. And if you're riding it in the right terrain, that's okay. Because it's like putting you in an even more defensive position. But if you're trying to like pump and attack the trail, for lack of a better term, like... Attack. Attack. Destroy. Dominate the landscape. <laughs> it would be kind of weird to just be like, oh, wow. Suddenly there's like no support. It just like so, dumps out. And because it's a single pivot, like linkage actuated, and it has kind of short stays already, like it would make the back end of the bike feel really short as yeah, well. So you just agree. get this like, it would shrink the frame suddenly is kind of how it felt to me. Yeah, I found that this and the Uno, although some of the Geo was a little bit different, uh, the way that the bike kind of squ- like squat Mm-hmm. Uh, under the rider's weight felt similar in that it, it dropped the BB really low and put the weight over the back yeah. quite heavily. And could there be an argument, uh, Mike, to perhaps say that this bike was underdamped? Mm-hmm. Because I, I was going more and more compression. It felt better and better. Yeah, and then I probably, ran out. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, was the compression yeah was you, could, you could probably run out like a fir- one firmer compression tune. Might, I don't think it'd be out of the... I don't think it would hurt it very much. It'd it give just, it a little it, it bit more support. so nice on like chattery stuff and like lighter hits yeah where you're not moving around the bike you're just letting the suspension but if you're getting like pushed back on it or like really bearing down on the bike it would it would kind of yeah it could be a weight thing too for the suspension as far as like i'm the lightest one at this table Mm. and i mean matt's not that far off from me but he rides like he weighs 200 pounds more than me for (laughs) the speeds and the the forces that he's like the way that he's hitting things so it could be that could be the thing like i'm able to get away with that lighter compression tune but you know bigger or heavier riders might want a little bit more like a bigger lever on it too yeah so i could see that like it might be a different tune but could be beneficial i put this in my number four so like similar yeah yeah Yeah. it's like a really good bike but just kind of yeah it's a very it's it's a very i feel like for 180 mil bike meant to be pedaled i think it's actually very sensible mm-hmm. and i love some of the features that nuke proof packed in there it's got a progression adjustment which wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. have helped our case because it would have done the opposite of what we wanted but maybe if you had a different shock tune yada 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 that might have come back to you um or even if you're running it um going between coil or air etc mm-hmm. also i love the fact that they actually really worked to get a full full-size water bottle in there mm-hmm. they made it deliberate they basically put one of the tubes to be you know have a to dip concave, in on the top dip, to be a concave yeah. shape and I just think that's great it sounds like such a small thing but compared to Comensal you can't even ice like <laughs> to get it in the right place you could run a yeah, frame pack on, on the Giga yeah Couldn't you? if you wanted to backpack with 180 mil front and rear yeah. bike just like extreme bike but packing it wouldn't be a bad bike for that it pedals pretty well it's it locked. does pedal yeah. pretty when it's well when it's locked out and yeah you're just like motoring up a road or something yeah. smooth it it does pedal well i will yeah. definitely give it yeah that. For if you, especially if you're gonna like grind up a fire road to go down something super rough yeah. and steep it's kind of that's its ideal yeah. scenario especially if it's not super undulating i also um, think it's worth pointing out this is like one of the better spec bikes we yeah had. this haze dominion brakes haze dominion brakes like nice dt wheels mm-hmm. like really good suspension comes with fox factory stuff front and rear t type yeah 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 well it almost has a long enough dropper post, which it was, I was gonna uh, say, the longest yeah, dropper like post, 185, which is pretty good. Whilst we're here now, Kaz, what is, what's happened? Why are dropper posts getting shorter? They're not. It's just that what SRAM is, doesn't make, it's SRAM's wrong fault. With people? This is SRAM's fault because SRAM makes a reverb axis wireless electronic dropper post. Seems fancy. fancy. So product managers get these, they get these deals. They can package everything. SRAM gives them a good deal. And they're like, all right, give us the longest post you have. And SRAM says, here's a 170. 
and say, oh, fine, it's not long enough. It needs to be 200 on bikes sizes large and above because you have these super short seat tubes now. You should see how high some of these posts end up being I mean, for us to get the longest, so the right extension. Yeah, because we like, like, on the pole at minimum, minimum Yeah, exactly, and yeah, I'm not right. far off. And if it just doesn't, they've just locked, they've painted themselves in the corner by, so you end up with this post, I think it's $800 retail or something like that. Yeah, and it's, it's seen too as short. like a premium item You're not item gonna be able too. to get that money back if you try to sell aftermarket because everyone else that has long legs is trying to sell them aftermarket. So. And, it's a ramp, but like these to just have cable actuated, adjustable travel, 200 mil posts, 210. Yeah. But this is, these posts are getting short. I know obviously for the reasons, yeah, these these big discounts you can probably get, especially I think when you go to the AXS wireless system. Yeah. Um, and we we have a funky crop of bikes too, which like yeah. maybe well, lends itself towards that. I don't, I mean, maybe, but I think there's, I think it's just There's more coming. Like nonsense. there's some things coming yeah, out in the no, future. Yeah, that's like, nonsense. Maybe yeah, the post should just Just be listening. Bloody pull your finger out. This is a joke. Maybe the post, the post should just be short. part of the bike. That'd be, seems like a lot easier to. We, we, we yeah. Uh, but, but even yeah. Thing yeah. On there. even yeah. the comments I had a 170, 175. Yeah. Yeah. It's nonsense. Not to go back again to this idea, you know, you buy your bike and maybe it makes noise, but also you buy your bike, you go for the first ride and you realize that like everyone else, your size large, you've got the post too short. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. I, find, I think it's just absolute nonsense. Yeah. Especially because we're talking about bikes that have almost downhill bike geometry. Yeah. It's not right. like we're talking about trail bikes. I'm a little bit more lenient if it's a trail bike and it doesn't, you don't really need to see it as far away if the terrain isn't as, as steep. But the post. That said, but I'm, imagine, like, I'm reviewing, sorry, I'm reviewing a trail bike right now that has a 240 mil post stock. Oh yeah, like that's sweet, but yeah. I'm just a little bit, for me, I'm just like, okay, these yeah. bikes, it's okay. But, but like these, these ones, all not of okay. these should have that. But yeah. the post should always be substantially longer than the amount of travel. Yeah. That is like, if it's got the same amount of travel as it's got, you've gone wrong, lads. Just back it up. Back it up. If it's going out the factory, just cancel it. No, <laughs> stop the shipment. I like that yeah. rule. And it sounds like, like we're, we're all harping on this and it sounds maybe fussy, but it's like maybe the most annoying thing to happen if you've like mm-hmm. got this cool new bike that you like can't feel comfortable on it because your post is up your ass. And well, it's just like a really simple thing to fix. Well, also, I think it's worth talking about the fact that the reason this is important, and I know you might be home and thinking, I've got maybe 150 mil post on my bike and it's fine. As steep tubes get steeper, the, the saddle, the, sorry, for the same distance between the saddle and the pedals, as the seatbelts get steeper, the saddle will end up ultimately higher, which puts, just puts it more in your way. And there's probably other more yeah. complicated geometry reasons that I'm not <clears throat> clever enough to explain, but that is largely <laughs> it. And it is annoying. Um, it is. So now, Loose links, loose lips sink ships, and they also ruin podcast stereo. So mm. let's be real careful when we go into <laughs> here. Now, I believe, Matt, your number three is the Chromag. Correct. <laughs> now, it's like playing a game of Battleship. Dario, like, where's uh-huh. your number three? Uh, battleship to B3, my. Uh, my number three, sorry, that was a battleship joke, but yeah, I, I don't good. remember how battleship works. So. Yeah, it's like, that. It's like a grid and you just have it. It's like yeah. this and I'd be like A4. Okay, yeah, and then- uh, B3, Ibis. Mm. Now, maybe we should start, Mike, because because you're the one actually playing the rules of the game properly. Uh, I didn't, we didn't even establish rules. <laughs> yeah, rules. I didn't know there were rules. <laughs> is there a prize? I'm going to win. Um, what was your number three, Mike? My number three is the Trek Slash. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... We're kind of seeing some divergence here. I mean, all these bikes are getting to the point here. Yeah. Um, Dario, talk mm. us through the Ibis. The Ibis HD6. It's 165 mil DW link rear, 180 mil fork. Uh, 
geometry is pretty normal. It has four 35 mil chainstays that are mm -hmm. unique across the whole lineup. So in that way, it's a little bit behind some of the other bikes. But for the most part, it's pretty progressive. Slack 60-40 rehead angle. So not as slack as it could be, but pretty slack. Really low stack. All of that relies on the fork. And that's kind of where it f fell behind for me, some of the others. I think there's a really good bike. When your fork is set up perfectly, it rides fantastically well. But once you start packing into the fork on steeper, rougher trails, you just lose all of your stack height. And you're like, suddenly it feels like your hands are at your feet. Um, that was just not something I got along with very well. But for the most part, I really liked the bike. Like it pedals well, it pumps well. Yeah, I think this is another compared to the nuke maybe not necessarily an intimidating prospect this is a big bike that can be ridden all day yeah you could cruise on this too yeah. it's not a race bike or it doesn't yeah. have to be a race yeah bike. exactly mm -hmm. you can definitely race it i think that could, could be a good yeah. race bike but it's yeah. yeah the one the bike that i would recommend to the most people would probably be something similar like this i can't reveal any secrets of the numbers right i don't want to because of the rules okay, guy. You yeah. okay so let's, yeah, let's yeah, say yeah let's maybe just for yeah <laughs> Mike, where is yes. it in your list? Well, no, that you can't do that. Can yeah. I say my best, my favorite? It's going to ruin it. Oh shit! It's, it's your favorite. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, it's my, it's his that's number right. one. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. that's right. Because yeah. we get, we're getting to the point All right. now. So yeah, we'll go. So yeah, this is actually and, my number one. And Matt, where was it in yours? The Ibis was number two for me. Okay, mm -hmm. so this basically is a really well-reviewed bike. Yes, yes. for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I get bronze. It's still yeah. a lot of like what people like about Ibis, the DW yep. Link. It's punchy. It's efficient. Got straight tubes. It's a bit more. It's it, it's a really great That's looking good. bike. Straight yeah. round yeah. tubes. Yeah, carbon tubes. There was, there was a moment tubes. where Matt Beer was <laughs> standing there, iridescent in his three hundred dollars seven mesh trousers and two hundred dollars seven mesh jersey on an Ibis, <laughs> and I thought, "Fuck me, he looks good. <laughs> he looks real good." <laughs> yeah. um, so if you want to look like you're in a lifestyle shoot, it's clearly the bike, but it's also quite yeah. good at going down hills as well. Yeah, and it's actually pretty subdued to be fair. Like it's not a flashy bike from a distance. No. It's like, looks nice, but yeah, it goes downhill really well. It climbs really well too. And you know, we're kind of definitely more focusing on the downhill performance of these bikes, but I'd say this is up there as one of the best climbers mm -hmm. as far as it has good traction, but also that support. So you can stand up, sprint around, um, found suspension set up pretty easy for the shock. It jumps cruise. really well too. Jumps super well. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah. you know, shorter back end. It does kind of everything you'd want from bike. Without, it's just not a hard bike to ride. Some of these bikes, you can get speed out of them, but you really have to push. This one, you can kind of cruise when you want, but then you can also, if you want to race it, it's capable there too. So Now, it isn't necessarily a particularly slack bike. No, and so I fixed that. So how... Let's talk about what the what a solution could be if <laughs> you were fancy. Hole. Yeah, going out yeah, run the, the fork stiffer. Yeah, yeah you definitely run the fork stiffer. Yeah, the they have a, a fairly good recommended list of suspension settings, but the fork is way too soft, at least on their list. So I think I ended up with ten or fifteen psi more. I ended up thirty psi higher. Than put a lot more than there. So me. I mean, again, we're different yeah. weights, but um, yeah. So that's a good place to not start. But for the rear end, good fork they might have just transposed the numbers incorrectly but either way what i did at home because i had this a little bit longer i, I cheated i rode the bike before the test um i put a negative one angle set on it just because i was so curious if that would help and i found that helped a pretty good amount because do you think there could be you know we see it with other brands if this was a bit slacker with maybe 170 more fork and then it could give the option to go to the super burly 184, 165 mil. And they yeah. would slack it out a bit and, yeah you know. and I also think, you get more stack potentially yeah, yeah i think what they're thinking was they wanted a lot of Ibis's other bikes, they were finding people were buying them and then putting the next travel size fork on right. it. And so like, well, we'll just do that for the customer and I can get it and it's fine. Yeah. I don't think it's a, 
definitely not a deal breaker. And it's, I think the terrain that we're riding on this is probably a little bit on the extreme end of the for spectrum. Sure. And so I for think most maybe people, their fork settings would work if you're riding more like mellow up and downy terrain. Yeah. But and I think it, that it does, and, it, and that an angle set isn't the end of the, if you have to buy one, I think it's a hundred dollars. You're already buying this. It'd be nice if the bike was hundred percent perfect for everyone out of the box, but yeah, it's not going to be, but I think it's real close and most people are going to have a lot of fun on this bike. Yeah, no. I would give it a higher stack. Yeah, me. like just yeah. I think well, like we're high, saying, I think with a 170, tube. yeah. If you put 10 or 20 mils on that head tube and may it just come with a 174, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, I ran today, I had my last go on it and loved it. Like yeah, fell great. in love with it even more. But I was running 35 mil rise bars with 20 mils of spacers underneath, mm -hmm. and yeah. maybe a stiffer fork to rear shock ratio than um, what they recommend. But mm. yes, yeah, thing was hauling. Yeah. Now some bike brands say they run race teams to help develop bike parts and bike frames mm. ibis may be actually be speaking the truth because this bike is so good they canned their race team immediately there was no <laughs> racing development left to do like we're done <laughs> we're done here <laughs> Topped wrap out. it this up because it gets yeah <laughs> but this would be uh, a good race bike uh, this would be my choice of a bike to race for yeah. sure why is that what and also can you explain what make a good race bike and also maybe what just talk racing? a bit about dw links and why the fascination perseveres yeah, geez, uh, heavy questions. But <laughs> first one, why it would be good to race. Uh, it's light. It pedals efficiently, both climbing and like while seated or sorry, while standing, like both of those work well. Um, it's just very functional. It's quiet. So you feel like you're going faster and mm. the suspension, yeah, kind of has that um, Yeti-ish commensal feel uh, where it absorbs as much of the bumps when you're just resting, staying in place on the bike and kind of gives you back that energy when you push into the bike yes. kind of equally. So like it doesn't, it isn't too progressive. It doesn't throw you or kick you weird. Mm -hmm. So it just always feels the same, feels consistent. And do you think something that I maybe felt with this bike slightly was it had maybe a slightly low, I mean, it's, we don't have all the graphs and how it's measured is the yada, yada, yada but a slightly higher degree of mass transfer into braking than some of the other bikes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe that can have... That, that was pronounced by maybe the long fork, which you already spoke yeah. about. Yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling with against. like, yeah, you're just, you're ending yeah. up in the fork um, more. But I don't know if maybe that played into it or was exacerbated by it, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, I didn't notice that as much as some of the other bikes. Maybe like the, that was maybe the one downside of the Cro-Mag I felt like. For sure. When you mm -hmm. hit the brakes, especially in steep stuff, it kind of rose like the felt like it got a little bit steeper, even though it was super slack. It just kind of, it was a little bit more unnerving in those steeper situations. And this one, I felt like I could handle it a little bit better, but the front end did get a little twitchy at times when the fork was like real low and the head angle was steep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a great looking bike. I think it manages to be a very good all rounder and mm -hmm. it, it would be, I think this would be a great bike similar to the Giga for one of those people that could actually be quite happy on a 150 mil bike, but for the same, Wait, they could get something so much more travel. <laughs> and yeah. the Giga, I think for the Giga, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think that shock of the mid straight needs to sort it out. But I think as a bike that is quite mild mannered to be climbed, I think yeah, yeah. yeah. I, this would definitely be my choice for the pedal. Like this I think one, the Giga would be boring on a lot of chill trails, but you could have fun on the Ibis. Yeah, this mm -hmm. you could. Yeah, like if you have to, I think especially like pumping is where the Giga doesn't do as well. Where this one you can definitely pump, and if you're on mellower terrain, yeah, it'd still be and because it has kind of a short rear end. You can like manual yeah. and pop off stuff. And I yeah. would hate to race the Giga because I just smash the pedals into the ground everywhere. But I think I would love to try this yeah. with a with something different potentially with, with yeah. a coil shock, with sure. it's different 
tune. Ba, 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 the Agnes or the, the, the Giga? The Giga. Okay. I, I, think, I think it could be really, something mm. lame, but really unlocked its potential. Um, so, just realized, before we go on to the big reveal, which we know what it is, Mike, where was the common cell meta in your list? I put that second. You put that second? Yeah. I think it's, I really like the geometry of it and I liked how it, if you take aside the creakiness, which I think if I just pull it all apart at home and grease the bearings, I could make that better. Um, which obviously if you're recommending these to people, it's kind of, but didn't you do that with the, the tempo? And, it helped for a little bit and I had to do it again, but right, so I, just, the, I know <laughs> just don't like, I really like rain and you're fine. Yeah. yeah I just really like how it rides. <laughs> Bubble and boy. You just got to put it in plastic yeah, wrap. <laughs> it rides so well. Like it's, it, it for does. me, it yeah. feels between that and the Ibis would be the bikes that I'd most want to race just cause I felt like I could go fast on them. I felt like just comfortable and confident on them. So it's my number two. And then, and then now I've got a pretty nifty spreadsheet going on here mm. and I can deduce quite impressively. <laughs> You're going to sing my battleship, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> the track slash would come as both of yours. Number one, which number I believe one. they say is Uno I you were going to end up there. I'm surprised. I, that. yeah, dude, I did really like this bike. I would put it as number one to recommend, but it wouldn't be the bike I would race. Oh no. No, and still go with the Ibis. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk through this very different Trek Slash. Mm -hmm. It's different to, to be honest, Trek are getting cool. That Fuel X is a cool bike. This Trek Slash is a cool bike. I think it mm -hmm. must be just Kate Simmons. They just say, just, sorry, Kate Simmons, Kate Edwards. Who's, who's Kate Simmons? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm saying Wade Simmons. Gene really Simmons. Gene Simmons. <laughs> oh, that's where you're going with this. Um, Kate, I don't know what I was going to say. Let's get out of here yeah, quickly, yeah, quickly. It's like two or three in the morning, Darry, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Can you talk us through the track slash and how it's slightly different from the previous version slash? It's quite a bit different from the previous one. The It's got a high pivot now, still ABP suspension. The geometry is like pushed a little bit forward. I think it's, it's more progressive than it was, but it's not crazy. Seat tube is way better. Um, still got in-frame storage, all the nice little bits and bobs. Um, as far as high pivots go, it's like, pretty trekky and in so far as it's like carefully done and i think not too extreme um in terms of pivot placement you mean yeah pivot placement and like it's not as extreme as the nikolai right for <laughs> sure it is yeah if we're talking like the two high high pivot bikes we have on test like the nikolai feels so extremely high pivot like it just like gobbles everything up doesn't really want to get off the ground the track feels like a better balance um I did the first look on this, so I've had one for a bit. We have a medium, large, and a large on test because I had the large for that first look. So you're riding the medium large. I was. I'm riding large. Ooh, Henry yeah. was on the. Yeah. yeah. Has you tried both? I read both. Yeah. I yeah. like the medium large for myself. I think. But yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. I think Czech does something really great with the medium large because that's where a lot of people are actually, actually the bell fit. curve yeah yeah and just you know more sizes i think they do a great job yeah going through the full range i would say the smaller sizes you can only get a 27 wheel in the front in the small yeah yeah which um isn't great for the um shorter people who still want the the 29er at the front but yeah. it's a weird move and i will say like for you know Trek is a huge brand it's easy for, easier for them to offer medium offer a medium large chromag also offers a medium large it's just the size of like some brands XLs. Yeah. So we're riding, you know, I, I just want to like, we're talking about the track. I want to finish the, the low down great bike. That's my number two. Yeah. The end. Um, we're going to go through the, we'll run through everyone's list at the end. Okay. And we can cool. Just, go like, just to um, clarify. But yeah, I, I, 
really, really like riding the slash. It was not without some issues. Drivetrain makes a lot of noise. Descending when you hit bumps, the chain hitting the frame makes a lot of noise. How about the chain falling off all the time? I dropped chain four times on one run yeah, today. I can't believe that's your number one. I really like riding this bike, but like I, I went, I then went up for another run and it was like, I pedaled up out into the Alpine stuff and like had 20 minutes of just like so fast. It felt perfect. Just like, oof. cut the, cut the Alpine. We didn't ride the Alpine. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, not in the park, like out, oh, sorry. out in the Valley. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like left the park, went for a pedal. Yeah. Just it pedals really well. Like despite the drag, from the idler and stuff i didn't mind the noise that much i think because i've like ridden other worse high pivot bikes that make a ton of noise and i was like yeah, yeah this isn't that bad but i don't know i think it's cool man it just and works so, for me yeah so i never experienced this the dropping the chain thing yeah but you you and mike dropped the chain from the lower pulley right mm-hmm. Not yes from the yeah. it's the one without teeth it's like a mrp roller thing mm-hmm. it's just kind of a plastic disc essentially it just needs taller fences and i've already thought like you could just make a bigger circle yeah. and it would work fine. Well, if we say 3d printing, Brian, will just get something going right now. 3d printing, 3d printing, 3d printing. <laughs> and then he appears. Do you think you need that lower tensioner? You could probably do without it, but your chain ring would wear out faster. Right. Um, you just spend $15,000 on a bike. I'm sure you can, you know, you know extra chain it ring. Is a, yeah, chain it is. It is. Give him an extra chain ring. Yeah. Spending $15,000 on a bike. Give him an extra, you know, treat him. Any other I weird components on the, there? And I think I just want to say like the reason it was hopping so much on that one run was it was like we were running a jump trail where it was like tons of braking bumps into a compression. Heaven forbid in you turn. should ride enduro trails on enduro. I know, yeah, I know. But, but, but then I understand rent. this Don't trail it. had jumps in. <laughs> yeah. Oh Careful. no. Yeah. And then it had bumps <laughs> between the jumps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not being an apologist for that. Like it's really frustrating. <laughs> well, like, you can because it does ride well. I'm going to, so, yeah, Cass, I won't deny. Can you ride jumps and bumps on the Ibis? I can and the chain didn't even fall off. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I, it's quiet. The yeah, track is faster. If, if you care about speed. Not when your chain falls off, you have to pull over. <laughs> no, nah, I just, I would just ignore that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll or figure I'd it out. I take my chain off before the run and I put it in my, in my convenient place swap box. So yeah. my glove box. All the benefits of the high pivot, but we out the chain. And <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, it's even better. Yeah. yeah. It's got number three on your list. So yeah. it's still very high. Yeah. But not as high as the common cell. No. Not as high, of course, as the Ibis. Yes. What did you make of it? I do like how it rides. I did some bigger rides outside the park, just some big, long natural runs, and that's where it shines. Yeah. It's kind of neat how it does have that high pivot feel without necessarily what I think are sometimes the drawbacks. Like it's not as, um, it's still kind of like a sporty feel to it. It doesn't feel like a big dead bike. You can really yeah. maneuver it. It's, um, yeah, there's just support when you want, but then when you hit big hits, it does get out of the way, which I really like. Yeah. I love the fact that for me, it's got quite high anti-wise above 100%, so it's very, it feels, neutral on the brakes i like i think the suspension is very very good i love the way it pedaled i love the stiffness i love the stiffness combined with the anti uh, anti rise because you felt you could i could just all i want to do is drag my brake over wet roots that's <laughs> all i want in the whole world and it lets me do it yeah and i thought that was sick and then also compared to something like the commensal compared to the chromag this was maybe maybe some people find it a bit too stiff i love how direct and you yeah felt precise I, yeah, I don't think i necessarily mind the frame stiffness but don't forget we had this combined with the the handlebar stem combo that's way too stiff and then it has really mm-hmm. stiff carbon wheels so i think for me that's another thing it was the whole package i thought was stiff but if it was my bike 
I would put aluminum wheels on it and a normal bar stem, mm-hmm. and I yeah. think that would be a nice mix. I might like, even go with the aluminum frame if this were my bike. I haven't yeah. ridden it, but would that make it heavier. Too, that would though. be pretty heavy. It would be yeah. pretty heavy, but like it's a, it's not an insanely heavy bike as it sits. It would definitely bring you down be below a, the you know the almost five figure. I think right, pretty yeah. cheap. Just too as well. Can we just touch upon that? This is a bike with an adjustable headset. Oh, much, yes. much yeah. like some of the other bikes. Tesla's yeah. not learning that. Yeah, it's got, good it's got adjustable progression. You can put a different wheel in it. So many wonderful things, yeah. and then they think, right, okay, what can what can finish this off? A one piece carbon bar that you can't do anything towards, and it's got mm-hmm. a shem that's yeah. too short. Yeah, it's the mo- it is the most adjustable bike we have on test. It's yeah. like worth highlighting that. Except for the yeah. except for the bar yeah. roll. Yeah, I, mean, I think realistically, I just wouldn't recommend the highest priced version because yes, it's got so the dropper post yep. too short, and the one piece. So if you just go one or two down or three down, whatever your price point is, I think you get all the performance without some of the drawbacks we experienced. Um, Matt, you said you wouldn't race this, but it is. It, it it's feels fast. Like it's one of the, the racier bikes. Yeah. What were your impressions of it? I thought it was an exceptional bike for descending, for carrying speed. Um, it wasn't over, like the medium large was a great size for me. And it didn't, like Kaz said, it, it didn't feel like a huge bike, even though it did kind of bring that element of the high speed where it carries momentum over over those uh undulating bumps and stuff but i wouldn't race it for the fact uh just the high pivot the maintenance the faff you know the dropping the chain all that stuff's just a little bit more of a worry in a race scenario if they bring like a gallon of chain loop with you too if you want to be quiet it does get noisy pretty quick it does but it has i I was i keep a little thing of chain lube in the in the box <laughs> i like your list of like it needs to be a list of like ways to live with the slash you've done a great I, job of like I, yeah you've got i mean figured it out it's good but it's, it's, funny it's a good enough like, ride that i would i would want you need to like, like your pre-flight pre-flight checklist like chain lube sure. check like oh, this, this is, is why weird. like i wouldn't recommend it to all of my i'd recommend it to a few of my friends yeah like and this is whoa, real whoa, like, no no what dario <laughs> what <laughs> messing oh, the game up no like look you said you said one through eight your favorite bikes and the ones you'd recommend to a friend. So I'm balancing those two things. No, no, I said not not your favorite bikes, the ones you recommend to your friends. They gotta be wow, I'm same, one right? of my best friends. Yeah, and I, I only ride with myself. I just ride myself, so yeah. my only friend. Um, but Matt, could you just talk to this bike? In some ways, <laughs> is really good in the park. But do you think how much pop? How would you characterize its its pop, so to speak, compared to some of those on test? pop i mean yeah that can be sort of a way that you set up your suspension uh we did try it in the linear and more progressive setting i would say that the less the more linear setting has a little bit more life to it uh whereas the more progressive one is only 25 percent um with the air shock and it it tracks really well um but that that chain state is a little bit shorter so once you get into the sag it does grow and it doesn't feel overly cumbersome to jump it doesn't feel like unnatural and really like it's elongating like you know like a downhill bike like i used to have like that old commensal supreme v4 that thing was like pretty unwieldy at times jumping mm-hmm. it, it definitely took a little bit of learning this felt the slash felt very natural right off the, right out of the gate yeah. so guys do you want to jump in there no yeah just jumping feels normal like i rode a trail mm-hmm. out of the bike park that has some tight little hips and kind of like Did it have any bumps between these hips I, yeah and i dropped the chain oh of course <laughs> I, I just can they just the humanity stop putting bumps and jumps in the same yeah. trail it can't no but it can't be done the, mm-hmm. yeah i mean it was it only dropped it once and it was a, 
I mean, the, I don't even know. It was a great ride, but either way, yeah, it had some yeah, just like tighter, natural. I suppose you can put some um, marigolds or surgical gloves in your glove box so you don't get your hands dirty when you're putting the Marigolds, like the marigolds? flowers? Do you not call them that? Washing up gloves? They call them marigolds? We have flowers called marigolds. Some kitchen, yeah. kitchen what paper. Uh, what do you know? I don't um, know. I'm just going to chime in there. No, I think this is genuinely an exceptional bike. I absolutely loved riding it. I, I think that medium large with a 50 mil stem that definitely is in one piece with a bar is, is, was for me just unbelievably balanced out of the stiffness. I loved, loved, loved riding this bike. Um, and it was my pick of the bunch, I would say for me. Hmm. Um, let's go through, starting with you, Kaz. If you could just run us down your list from eight to one. Okay. Number eight, Nikolai Nuclea. Number seven, Uno Burn. Number six, Paul Oni. Number five, Chromag Lowdown. Number four, Nukeproof Giga. Number three, Trek Slash. Number two, Commonsol Meta SX. And number one, Ibis HD6. Um, Dario. Number eight is the Nucleon. Number seven is the Pole. Number six is the Uno. Five, Commonsol. Four, Nukeproof Giga. Three, Ibis HD6. Two, Chromag Lowdown. One, Trek Slash. And Matt, if you do the honors. Hmm. Uh, number eight would be the pole Oni. Number seven, Nikolai Nucleon 16 with the Lyle drive. Number six was the Uno Burn 5, Commensal Meta SX V5. Hmm. Uh, number four, Nukeproof Giga 297. Number three, Chromag Lowdown. Number two, Ibis HD6. And number one, Trek Slash. And there we have it. And that's pretty pretty comprehensive. I would just like to leave the closing statement. That I think that... You didn't do your list. Yeah, what's your um, my list would largely reflect yours. I would say eight would be the Nikolai. Seven would be the Uno, if we're talking about recommending. Um, six would be the Pole. Five would be the Chromag. Probably four would be the Nuke Proof. Then it gets three tough. Three would be the... Ibis two would be the common cell and one would be the track. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're all, I was just going to say, you know, we've kind of shouted some stuff today, been pretty direct, pretty open. Mm-hmm. All of these brands, I've got a lot of respect and even the brands that I didn't sure. necessarily like, they've done it their own way. And I think that's fucking sick. I've maybe, nope, reverbs are definitely too short. So I'm doing some great stuff. The yeah. reverb on 70. Yeah. I liked the transmissions way. on the bikes. They were yeah. great. Yeah. I did not brakes like the good. seat posts. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a special shout out to the Haze brakes, which we were really, yeah. really impressed We with. saw those on three of the bikes and yeah. they were standouts on all three which of the bikes. Two. Two. The, Wait, the, two. Formulas, the formulas worked well too. Oh, I mean, really, all the yeah. brakes. We didn't have any brake issues this round. I just even XTs It feels like there's so much good stuff going on with the enjoy bikes at the moment. We just need to get the seat posts that we had two years ago and we will be laughing. We'll find them somewhere. They're in a warehouse just waiting for their moment. Make them quiet. <laughs> yeah, make bikes, bikes quiet. Yes. Yeah. I would say we had a 50-50 split on like bikes that were impressively quiet and bikes uh-huh. that sounded like shit. Yes. Um, it's shopping cart versus like whatever the quiet is. I don't even know. I think, uh, I think we're in a golden age. Pillows. Pillows. Super happy. That, uh, <laughs> I think it's really great that bikes are going actually a bit tall at the front, maybe doing some things there, a bit longer at the back, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. And um, thank you very much for sticking with us through this long, long, long yeah, podcast. If you made it here, you get bonus points. Yeah. You get bonus yeah, points. And you should put, if you listen, then put your picks. We'll put a... Put your order in. Yeah, put your order in the comments and we'll mm-hmm. add some, yeah, just comment. 
Yeah. And um, we should have yeah. 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 commented on who's the sleepiest. Get out of it. Bye. Cut. <laughs>